Hey everyone, welcome to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am Stacy, the Preacher Chick, and today is day 294. I don't know, I just wanted to be like Father Joe Krupp. If you've never <clears throat> heard of him or watched him, look him up on Facebook or YouTube. He's a Catholic priest who, um, while I may not see everything um, eye to eye with him as far as um, doctrine goes, <laughs> he's so fun to listen to and I've learned so much. Um, but he always starts his lives with, I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you are not in today, today, today. And I just had that go through my head. Today, 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 we are reading Romans 3 and 4, as well as Psalm 134. I said this yesterday, and I know I say this often about scripture, but literally, <clears throat> sorry, I love the book of Romans. Um, Romans chapter 8 is probably my most favorite if it if it's not if it's not in the top three it is like my number one chapter of the entire bible um it makes me want to run laps when i read it and we're going to be there in a couple days but um that's where we're at today so let's get to it i really hope before you get into our readings every day whether you're following along with your bible or you're listening along that you ask the lord to speak to you through his word that you ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate it um, and to help you apply it to your heart. That is how change happens. So um, I pray that that that's the mindset you have today as you're listening along. So what advantage does the Jew have or what is the benefit of circumcision? Considerable in every way. First, they were entrusted with the very words of God. What then? If some were unfaithful, will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Absolutely not. Let God be true, even though everyone is a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and triumph when you judge. But if our unrighteousness highlights God's righteousness, what are we to say? I'm using human argument. Is God unrighteous to inflict wrath? Absolutely not. Otherwise, how will God judge the world? But if by my lie God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I also still being judged as a sinner? And why not say, just as some people slanderously claim we say, let us do what is evil so that good may come. Their condemnation is deserved. What then? Are we any better off? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Gentiles are all under sin, as it is written. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They deceive with their tongues. Viper's venom is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and wretchedness are in their paths and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are subject to the law so that every mouth may be shut and the whole world may become subject to God's judgment. For no one will be justified in his sight by the works of the law because the knowledge of sin comes through the law. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 
God presented him as an atoning sacrifice and his blood received through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By one of works. No, on the contrary, by a law of faith. For we conclude that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then nullify the law through faith? Absolutely not. On the contrary, we uphold the law. What then will we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to our to the flesh, has found? If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. Now to the one who works, pay is not credited as a gift, but as something owed. But to the one who does not work, but believes on him who declares the ungodly to be righteous, his faith is credited for righteousness. Just as David also speaks to the blessing of the person to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless acts are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the person the Lord will never charge with sin. Is the blessing only for the circumcised then? Or is it also for the uncircumcised? For we say faith was credited to Abraham for righteousness. In what way then was it credited while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? It was not while he was circumcised, but uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while still uncircumcised. This was to make him the father of all who believe, but not but are not circumcised so that the righteousness may be credited to them also. This kind of makes me think along the lines of the seal that the Holy Holy Spirit is upon salvation. Um, the Holy Spirit has placed like a seal upon our hearts that mark us and separate us from the world. Um, that this would have been, um, remember, they didn't have the same relationship with Holy Spirit and Jesus had not been on the scene when Abraham lived and when all of these covenant promises were made. And so there had to be, there had to be, and that the way of the world then was physical signs of um, covenant and contract. They didn't have what, what we know today. And so this would have been one of those types of things. It's what it makes me think of. Let's carry on. And he became the father of the circumcised who are not only circumcised, but who also follow in the footsteps of the faith of our father Abraham had while he was still uncircumcised. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would inherit the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. If those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made empty and the promise nullified because the law produces wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. This is why the promise is by faith, so that it may be according to grace to guarantee it to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of Abraham's faith. He is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our father in God's sight in whom Abraham believed, the God who gives life to death and calls things into existence that do not exist. 
He speaks things that are not as if they are. He believed hoping against hope so that he became the father of many nations according to what had been spoken. So will your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to already to be already dead since he was about 100 years old and also the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. Oh, he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. Friend, I'm going to read that again and I need you to listen. He was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. Okay, that's shouting stuff right there. I don't care. Be careful if you're driving in your car listening to this. But listen, that's the stuff we raise our hands and we say, yes, Lord, I believe not only in your promises, but that you will bring it to completion because you are able to fulfill your promises to me. So good. Therefore, it was credited to him for righteousness. Now it was credited to him, but was not written for Abraham alone, but also for us. It will be credited to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Huh? Oh, see, Romans, I just want to take laps. I want to, I want to go run and shout and be excited and tell people, listen, my God is good. <laughs> All right, let us continue and read Psalm 134. Now bless the Lord. Man, that just feels fitting, right? He is able to fulfill his promises. Gosh, now bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand in the Lord's house at night. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Friends, God is good. He is faithful. He is able. He is more than able and he deserves our praise. Oh, that we would bless him today and in return because he is good. Receive the blessings that he has for us. I hope you have an amazing day and I hope to talk to you again tomorrow as we continue to read the Bible together. I'll see you.